Welcome to the Plenteous Redemption Podcast, where the cross and the culture are on a collision course for discussion. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require signs, the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. Under the Jews a stumbling block, under the Greeks foolishness, but under them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Now, here's your host, Thomas Irvin. Welcome back to the Plenteous Redemption Podcast. Thank you again for coming and listening and watching and uh, sharing and, you know, all the things that people do with videos and audios these days. I <laughs> uh, got an interesting essay that I want to read to you. First, I'll give you just a quick bit of background as to what's been happening the, the, the past few months. It's been a blur. Uh, things have been moving so quickly and so fast. We've had so much going on. Uh, we've had... Bible school, it start and, and started and ended. Uh, we had finals recently where my students had to write an essay on Daniel, the character of Daniel from Daniel chapters 1 through 6. Um, it's probably, for many of them, the first time ever writing an essay. And so uh, they were so excited about it. <laughs> and um, then uh, we had TBI, uh, Triennial Bible Institute, covering the book of Acts. Uh, at least the first 12 chapters, that was a blessing. Um, I have been to Rwanda and back. I'm leaving again in a few days to go back to Rwanda. Um, so we, we just, we've just we've had a lot going on. My, my family and I, I well, my, my wife seemed to have escaped. But myself, my daughter, and my son all got sick. Uh, we came down with some sort of cold that is making its way through the local area here that several people in the church actually have also, uh, also seemed to have picked up on. So... Uh, so thank you for praying for us. We we sure need it, and got a lot going on, a lot of movement, a lot of moving parts, a uh, lot lot of things to uh, follow up on and take care of, and and uh, just praying the Lord continue to bless and help. Um, now what I what I've got to read to you this morning is an essay that I wrote. Um, it it's you know I it, I hope it's not controversial. I hope it doesn't upset anyone. That's certainly not the goal. I I, I grew up. I didn't grow up in church. Now, my mom would take us to church occasionally, and when she did take us, it was usually to some sort of old-school Southern Baptist-type church. And, um, and, and they, you know, it was fine. They were good to us there. We, we learned a lot of things. I had two very godly great-grandmothers that tried to teach us the Bible and tell us our responsibility to Jesus Christ. And so, um, but o- overall, I didn't get saved until I was 29, so I, I really don't have a, um, you know, an in-depth um, Baptist background. And it really puts me in a hard spot sometimes. 
sometimes I almost wish I was just a, a, a good old boy that knew all the slogans and, and had not been taught to critically study the Bible, and, and that as a result of that, I could just you know, robotically say all the things that everybody wants me to say and robotically go along with all the things everybody wants me to go along with, and, and that way you, you don't stir up any trouble. <laughs> well, unfortunately, it's just not how it is. And, and I've, you know, it is true. I have never been one to just go along with the crowd. Um, that, that never has been my, uh, something that I, I would do, but, um, but it also has never been my intention to deliberately go against the crowd. That's, that's not my, my aim. That's not my goal. And so, um, I just, I get frustrated with some of the traditional teachings that have become so deeply embedded in in good churches, Bible-believing churches, uh, but there's no scriptural foundation for it. And and so I come along with sort of this outsider's perspective who who's late to this game, admittedly, and, and I was taught by a man who, who told me, you, you, you determine the context and then you allow that context to lock you in. You don't, you don't break out of it. And by the way, being locked into the context is unbelievably liberating. <laughs> Remember, it's the truth that will set you free. And so the, 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 the better you can discern the context, then the closer to the reality of the truth that passage is teaching you can get, and the more free you will be. You'll be free indeed, actually, according to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, um, so I, I want to read this to you. First, we'll read uh, we'll read Acts chapter 1, verses 12 through 26 quickly, and then we will uh, dive into this little essay that I've written. Um, too bad it's not poetic. Maybe some of you would enjoy it more. <laughs> All right, Acts chapter 1, verse 12. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. And in those days, Peter stood in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of names together were about 120. Men and brethren, this, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Right, that's important. He, he was numbered with us and took part of this ministry. And those are key to the context of what we're going to talk about. Uh, but let's, let's continue. Verse 18. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the mist, and all his bowels gushed out. Beautiful sight. But, um, I mean, that's, that's Judas. That's, that's, the, that's the route he chose to take. Verse 19, and it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem in so much as that field is called in their proper tongue a seldoma, that is to say, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate and let no man dwell therein and his bishopric let another take. Wherefore of these men which have companied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John unto that same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained 
to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship. Okay, so, so he said earlier, Judas was numbered with, with us and had, had obtained part of this ministry. Seems pretty clear. Pretty, I mean, what, what is Peter trying to resolve here? We were 12. We were 12 ministers in a ministry called apostles. One of our, one of our, one among us is gone. He died. All right. He killed himself. Now we need to replace him. And Matthias becomes that replacement. So they went from 12 to 11 to 12. <laughs> I mean, that's unbelievably clear. If you in in this context, it's it's there's no way to mistake that. All right, but what, let's let's continue. Um, let's finish reading it real real quick. Um, verse twenty five that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven. So if you're eleven, and one man another man is numbered with you, then you're no longer 11. You're now 12. All right, so it seems simple to me, but apparently that's not the common or popular teaching regarding this passage, which is amazing to me. <laughs> I don't understand it. Uh, but that's, that's why I sat down and wrote out what I think. And so I'll read it to you here now. This is called the 12 Apostles, based on Acts 1, verses 12 through 26. And here we go. One of my greatest difficulties is to exist within the world of traditional independent Baptist-isms. I was saved when I was 29 years old, and for the most part, I did not attend church from birth to the time of my salvation. When we did attend, we typically went to a Baptist church of some sort, as such, I come into the Christian world with little previous traditional indoctrination. This idea was compounded by attending the Bible Baptist Church of Deland, Florida. My home church is not a typical Baptist church in many ways. My pastor taught me to study the scriptures and think crit critically about what they say in light of the context and relevant cross-references. I suppose the most Crucial idea my pastor, James W. Knox, taught me was to discern the context of a particular passage and remain consistent when making any explanation or application relevant to the passage. My lack of traditional preconceived notions, coupled with this rule of contextualization, has set me free from the potential error of tradition. The Bible is very clear about tradition it is a good thing to be diligently followed as long as it does not cause one to violate God's word. Matthew 15, verse 3, 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 6. Furthermore, I am an independent Baptist, a reality for which I make no apology. But as an outsider coming late to the discipline of Bible study, I am often bewildered by the suggestions made from tradition. Rather than allowing the word of God to speak plainly, 
It is set aside for the traditional teaching adopted large scale from the words of popular preachers or commentaries. This leads to the premise of this essay. Who was the twelfth apostle among the twelve? The traditional answer points to the apostle Paul. I have no idea why. (laughs) But this is where my naivety comes into play. I struggle to understand how that can be the dominant teaching. Therefore, my aim here is not to be disrespectful to my brethren, but rather to create a scriptural thought process that assists in answering this question from my perspective. But first, I would like to tell the reader that uh, what I tell my Bible school students, if I teach something different and it causes division, then it's all wrong, or it was used in the wrong way. So I'm going to lay out here what I believe is the truth, but if it becomes divisive, either you have a wrong spirit and attitude or I presented something incorrectly. Uh, It's not my intent to divide. Now, truth can divide and and will divide, and we understand that. We know that, but uh, there should be no reason that this causes an uproar. Now, I have have received some complaints from some pastors (laughs) and Some of it is so petty that this might cause an uproar, though it should not. Um, But here we go. The first first place I would go to answer this question is to the Apostle Peter in Acts chapter 1. Peter refers to several Old Testament passages to illustrate his point. Judas was numbered among us. He is no longer and needs to be replaced. Okay, so then that, that means Judas is uh, naturally, uh, because of the, the, the situation here, the 12th apostle and needs to be replaced with a person who will, who will also be the 12th apostle. We're not looking for a 13th apostle here. They're looking for someone to replace the lost, the man, the man who left the, the position of the 12th apostle. And, and he becomes the 12th naturally because they're down to 11, and so the next man is, is again, just going to become the 12th. All right, but, but he, so Peter uses the Old Testament to, to demonstrate this. And then he says in Acts 1.17, For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. From the last few chapters of the four Gospels, we learn that the 12 are now 11. Judas, by the testimony of Jesus Christ and the Apostle Peter, was an apostle. Notably, he was one of the 12 apostles. Now, there are at least 14 apostles in the book of Acts, maybe a few more, maybe up to 16, uh, but at least 14. But the 12 is a special designation. And so we can't confuse the, the fact that the 12 exist and must exist, um, even for future prophecy to be fulfilled, uh, but but then there were other apostles who came after them, including Barnabas and the apostle Paul. So so that that no, we're not getting into all that. I'm I'm trying. Uh, I, I should just read the essay and not give this side commentary. Uh, I I plan to go through the book of Acts, Lord willing, in some detail in the, in the future, hopefully. But um, maybe we'll discuss those things further at that time. Now Judas was one of them. Judas betrayed the Lord. He was one of the 12 specially chosen to serve the Lord in laying the foundation of New Testament Christianity. Instead, Judas chose to betray the Lord 
and as a result of betraying innocent blood, he hung himself and died. Thus Peter stood in the midst and began the process of replacing Judas, who again was one of the twelve. Peter continues, for it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric let another take. All right, so his office, let another take. Okay, so, so when, when the, the another <laughs> is chosen, he takes the place of Judas as one of the twelve. I mean, it, that, there's no other way to, to discern that or read that or understand that. If there is, please let me know. I'm happy to learn. As my pastor always says, some men say he's a heretic. And he said, but I'm a teachable heretic. <laughs> uh, now, I don't want to be a heretic, uh, but I am teachable. And if you can demonstrate to me from the word of God that I have this wrong, uh, no problem. I, I, I'll correct it. So, so far, we have learned with, with relevance to our topic that Judas was among the twelve he is no longer. And now someone will be chosen to take his place, his place, his bishopric, his apostleship, his ministry among the 12. Seems clear to me so far. How could this be disconnected from the 12? They are not searching for an irrelevant low-level apostle they are searching for a direct replacement, which means the 11 would again be the 12. Wherefore of these men, which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John under that same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice and Matthias, and they prayed and, and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. Peter identified two men who met the qualifications that he laid out. He said they must meet these qualifications. It wasn't, wasn't uh, optional. Um, they cast lots, and Matthias was chosen. Matthias was to now participate in the ministry and apostleship designated for the apostles, especially here in the beginning, the twelve. Matthias replaces Judas, which means he is now the 12th apostle. This can be demonstrated in Acts 6. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the 12. Well, who is that? Because the apostle Paul hasn't been saved yet. The Apostle Paul hasn't trusted in Christ. He hasn't met him. We haven't got to Acts chapter 9 yet. That hasn't happened yet. So far as I know, um, in, in terms of the, the uh, timeline, I, the Apostle Paul has not met the Lord yet. Uh, he's definitely not standing with Peter and the other apostles right now in this passage. That we know for certain. <laughs> uh, if you could lay out some timeline that suggests the Apostle Paul got saved around this time, Okay, 
sure, let's say you could. He's still not standing here amongst these men. And they're called the 12. And the only thing we have to point back to are the 12 men in Acts chapter 1 with Matthias. He is now the 12th apostle. And so, I, I again, I, I don't see the controversy in that or the difficulty in that. But, but now, then the 12 called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, it is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Okay, then the 12 is no longer 11. They are again the 12. You're probably going to get tired of hearing the 12 (laughs) in this podcast, but maybe it will uh, hammer home the point. Um, Complete with Matthias. Furthermore, there is no mention whatsoever of the Apostle Paul by Acts 6. We have the 12 in Acts 7. Saul is consenting to the death of Stephen. And in Acts 9, the Apostle Paul is saved. Therefore, the issue of the 12 is solved in Acts 1 and verified in Acts 6. But we do have the testimony of the Apostle Paul to assist us. In 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul gives us the most precise presentation of the gospel one could desire. But he follows the resurrection of Christ with the reality that he was seen by many witnesses and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the 12. Okay, so this 1 Corinthians 15, verses 5 through 9, and as soon as he gives the gospel, he begins to to demonstrate that the Lord was seen after his resurrection, first of Cephas by himself, okay, that's Simon Peter, then of the 12, so that's Peter with the 11, all of them together saw the Lord. Okay, so there, right from the start, Paul says, Cephas saw him, then the Lord appeared to all 12 of them together. But let's continue. After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, uh, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. Okay, now that that indicates there were more than the 12 at that time. Uh, So we don't, we may not know how many apostles there actually were. There were not only 12, though the 12 apostles is a special designation that, that is reserved for those, those 12 men to accomplish the task that the Lord gave the, t- the 12 to accomplish. But you get to Ephesians 4, and we learn that apostle, evangelist, uh, pastor, and teacher, th- these are gifts given to men. And so it's not reasonable to assume that God only gave it to 12 and that's it. Uh, I mean, we have examples through the book of Acts that there were more than 12 apostles. This seems to indicate the same. Then of all the apostles, well, who are all the apostles if it's not only the 12? There there were more than 12 apostles. Uh, Now, I understand that's not the common teaching. I get that. And (laughs) I hope you don't crucify me for it. But it's right there in the Word of God. So uh, I forgive you. All right, so then he says, then of all, all the apostles, and last of all, he was seen of me also. Uh-oh. What does that mean? As one born out of due time, for I am the least of the apostles, that I'm not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. So he said he was seen of Cephas, then of the 12, of which he, he, does, not, uh, he does not count himself one of those 12, the wording is to suggest that he is not among them. Then he's seen of all the apostles, which indicates there were 
there were more apostles than just the 12. Then he says, then later he was seen of me, who is not one of the 12. I am an apostle born out of due time. All right, so according to the testimony of the Apostle Paul, it, he does not indicate he's one of the 12. Now, again, if, you, if I've missed something and you have a passage where Paul says he's one of the 12, please show me. I'm, I'm happy to see it and, and update this. Uh, this. This essay is me trying to think through this idea. And, and have you walked through it with me? And if, and if, you, have, if you have extra light that would help uh, steer me to the traditional teaching, then, then help me. I, I would appreciate it. <laughs> Peter saw the Lord first, then Peter and the remaining 11, often called the 12, saw the Lord together. Paul excludes himself from this group. We know this because his testimony continues, and last of all, he was seen of me also. By his testimony, the apostle Paul separates himself from the 12 and informs us that he was an apostle born out of due time. This passage tells us, informs us, as far as apostles go, there were the 12, the all the apostles, and finally, Paul, who was an apostle born out of due time. The apostle Paul was unique and not to be mingled with the special situation provided for the 12. Now, it is true that this idea is not doctrinally devastating, it, but it does serve to illustrate how tradition can overshadow the simplest of truths. There are at least 14 apostles in the book of Acts, and the Lord used them in a space of time for a particular purpose. The four Gospels and the book of Acts do not fit neatly into doctrinal boxes, but when the Lord provides the details, it behooves us to recognize them. Once recognized, they should provide the necessary contextual limitations on our explanation and our application of Scripture. And this is not it's not bondage. This is liberating. It sets you free and, and helps you to know you're teaching the truth, which will also set others free. And that should be our aim in the Christian life. In the end, I pray this was helpful, helpful, not harmful, not divisive. Hope it doesn't make you angry. I don't want to fight about it. I'm not going to sit down and argue with somebody over this. Uh, it's just, it just highlights an interesting idea. It's food for thought. How about that? (laughs) All right. God bless you. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can learn more about our ministry by visiting www.plenteousredemption.com. You can hear more Plenteous Redemption podcast audio at www.plenteousredemption.media. Please comment below if this podcast has been a help to you. Also, inform us of future topics that would interest you. Thank you again for listening to the Plenteous Redemption podcast.